0: you mm-hmm. And welcome to another episode of the tech.eu podcast with myself, Neil Murray, and Roxanne Barza. Hi, Roxanne.
1: Hi, Neil. So this week, we will cover the record funding that was raised by European startups in Q1 of this year. We'll take a look at two new funds for Europe, both XL Partners' new fund and another fund dedicated to Luxembourg-based startups. We have UK startup Playbrush, which has developed a kind of funny game controller toothbrush type device. Take a look at that. Our editor Robin catches up with French startup Drivy and their car sharing platform. And finally, we'll wrap it up with a look at the Baltics and the rush to become the startup capital in that region. So let's get started with record funding that was raised in Q1 of 2016 by European startups. I was really just blown away when I saw this number. It's 4.8 billion euros and it's up 60 percent from the same period last year it's up 44 percent from last quarter it just sounds insane I don't know Neil did you have this reaction too
0: yeah definitely I mean the one thing that stood out for me with the amount was that like I remember if I mean even as like last year or a year before that it was all we'll, will Europe pass 10 million in a year you know for the first time in funding. It's either last year or year, it's probably the year before last. So to raise 4.8 billion in a quarter alone really shows, actually, it's a good demonstration of kind of how fast the European investment scene is heating up. I mean, to get half of that amount in a quarter, I mean, it's, it's twice as fast, essentially. So yeah, it's two times the speed it was just, you know, 18, 24 months ago. So yeah, definitely a really big number, very encouraging, and it kind of finally puts paid to the myth that, you know, the, uh, you know. at least I don't think that the slowdown has come to Europe yet. Yeah, I, I don't even think there's too much of a slowdown in the US. I think there's kind of strong data to suggest that a lot of it is kind of hype or worry or concern. And a lot of kind of media driving that. So I think this is pure evidence that there is no slowdown, at least yet.
1: Yeah, I just found it completely insane. Um, If I remember correctly, I think we were at 2.6 billion for all of 2015. But I could be wrong on that. But it just, the number just blew me away. So this was raised across 790 deals. There were some rather large rounds of funding that Kind of skewed the data as always happens. So Spotify's debt round, Africa Internet Group raised 300 million. Skyscanner had a big round. So those were amongst the top three deals. The most active investors in terms of number of deals done. I love this. This is this is hilarious. BPI France, which is a public funding vehicle in France, is essentially leading that list ahead of Index. And then followed by also German fund HTGF, which we covered last week with regards to their investment in Bitwalla. In terms of number of deals done, also, I was, like, really struck. Uh, France ranked first ahead of both the UK and Germany. I think this is a first ever for France. But in terms of amount raised, obviously, that comes to something probably a little bit more what we'd expect. UK in first, and then Sweden and France in third position. So I thought maybe, Neil, you had uh, some insight as to what's going on in Sweden.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I think a lot of that is it is because of Spotify, right? Actually, in Sweden this year... What has happened is that there's been a huge increase in a number of deals, but they're at very, very early stage. There's a huge surge in kind of pre-seed rounds, seed rounds, but actually a real there is a slowdown in Sweden in terms of later rounds compared to last year or so. So actually, it's, it's Spotify is the reason why they're second in terms of amount raised, because actually there's not been that many big deals in Sweden other than spotify's kind of monster one but there is a lot of investment happening but it is at the early stage so yeah i think it's it definitely does skew the numbers a little talk about skewing the numbers and spotify though one thing i think is is very european and very different to kind of how america looks at things or the valley looks at things is you know the us says oh we've raised x billion whatever this quarter. But they don't say, oh, but one or two billion of that was from Uber. You know, but in Europe, we very much always, all of us say, like, oh, it's 4.8 billion. But it did include Spotify or whatever. Like, I think it's such a kind of European way of looking at things rather than, a say, a Silicon Valley way. Like, yeah, there are big rounds, right? Like, that's just how it is. So I think it is weird how how we kind of focus on, well, if you took that away, then it wouldn't be so good because they certainly don't do that in the Valley. And I think it's just, you know, that's just part and parcel of the game, right? Like some companies are going to raise massive rounds and then that contributes to the number. Of course, it skews the data and that's kind of, you know, that's a, a, an annoyance for, for people like us who are kind of trying to analyze what's going on. But I certainly don't think we should be making any excuses for, Oh but it did include Spotify's massive round. At the end of the day they raised 1 billion no matter how as we talked last week no matter what the terms of the deal were Spotify raised a billion Europe raised 4.8 billion you know those are facts.
1: Yeah I have to agree with you actually. I think you're totally right when you make that Uber comparison. The states they don't communicate in the same way that we do. So coming back to the data the UK alone raised over 1 billion euros. That was in 122 deals. We have France that closed 135 deals. So that's just to give our listeners kind of a look at to actually how close these countries are in their numbers. So this is obviously a record for Europe, 4.8 billion for listeners that want to purchase the full report. And I definitely encourage them to check it out. It's available on tech.eu for 99 pounds or 124 euros. So now as we continue talking about funding, we have two new funds in Europe that people should pay attention to. First, Excel Partners in London has just announced a new 500 million fund. This is essentially similar to their previous fund sizes, putting Excel amongst the largest funds in Europe. I think there's really no surprise there. This fund will be focusing on early stage deals. So um, although they say they'll be doing quite a bit of seed, it looks like it's primarily oriented towards series A and B. One of the partners, uh, Harry Nellis, said the fund typically invests about $15 million through the lifespan of a portfolio company. So I think that's actually an interesting number to have and to know that Excel does like to do kind of follow-on strategy. They say that they're geographically agnostic when it comes to investment, but obviously the team is based in London. Majority of their deals tend to come from startup hubs like London, Paris, Berlin, Tel Aviv, and Stockholm. They have done deals and, and done pretty successful deals, though, in Southern Europe, Finland, and Russia as well. And as far as sectors are concerned, it looks like they really want to continue to focus a lot on SaaS and fintech. So... Obviously, Excel is not the only large fund in Europe. There are a lot of other large funds that will give these guys a run for their money. Index just closed a 550 million fund. Atomico is apparently raising a 750 million fund. Samware Brothers, with their big 1 billion project that is coming, they've already said they confirmed 420 million of it. Balderton is another one that has slightly over 300 million. I mean, there's, there's a lot of big funds. And then there's also funds. Kind of in different geographies that should not be ignored, like North Zone and Holtzbrink that cover Nordics and Germany respectively. Do do you know North Zone actually, Neil?
0: Yeah, I know I know them fairly well, and, and also they are quite interesting in in terms of all of this as well because they've you know traditionally covered the Nordics. They've been a Nordic fund. They now have an office in in UK as well in London. They have had for a, for a fair while now, but they've been starting to invest more in the UK and also they made an investment in Germany this year as well. So they're a fund that are quite interesting because they're one that's had a lot of success regionally. And now they're kind of branching out into new territories. So I think this is kind of an interesting trend. And I think we're seeing this more and more. So like ID Invest and, and Partec, they've been looking at the Nordics more when traditionally they've just kind of you know mainly invested in France. So we're really seeing a defragmentation Of Europe's investment scene right now and I think investors are starting to look as you mentioned with Excel where they you know they mentioned SaaS and fintech they want to focus on that and that's why they're kind of geographically agnostic as well we've talked about this before I think European firms more and more are definitely looking away looking not at geographies but looking at sectors and they're able to kind of invest across Europe a lot more than they were and I think Excel is a great example of someone who has done that for some time and has done that very successfully.
1: Yeah, and Excel also recently lost one of their partners to North Zone. That was announced on tech.eu back in December. So, another fund though that I think European startups should pay attention to is a Luxembourg focused fund. Exxon Capital has launched a 20 million digital tech fund that's dedicated entirely to startups in Europe's seventh smallest country. It's obviously at this stage, the fund is aiming to make, you know, it's a small amount of investments, about 20 investments over the next six years. But I do think that while it's not a huge fund like Excel, I think that, you know, we have still some of these locations that are somewhat underserved by the larger funds. I mean, we talked about even Partech and ID Invest. They're not going to look at neighboring country Luxembourg right away. They're going to go to, you know, the Nordics and check it out. So I do like that we have some of these initiatives where maybe larger funds tend not to look.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that because, you know, these companies need to get funded. You know, every country in Europe pretty much has some sort of scene now. Of course, they vary in size, but, you know, nearly everywhere has has a tech scene. So you're entirely right. I mean, the bigger funds aren't going to start looking there, but they will start looking there once these, you know, if you have those, Um, investors in place who are back in the local investors back in the local companies it's all part of kind of building the ecosystem right I mean it's a very important part so yeah I definitely think uh, great news for Luxembourg to have a fund like that And I think you know 20 investments over over next six years it may seem small in terms of what we're used to when we're discussing the bigger guys but you know that's 20 Luxembourg companies funded Um, you know and I think the, the more local investors get involved in the scene the more chance there are that international investors will start looking at it. So yeah, definitely positive for Luxembourg.
1: Yep, definitely agree with you on that. Now, behold, the latest crazy invention. I mean, we covered a few weeks back those pigeons wearing backpacks to track air pollution. This one is maybe a little less crazy, but I still found the project very original. It's essentially a game controller toothbrush for children called Playbrush. So this is a UK-based startup that raised 35K at the end of last year on Kickstarter. The product is described as an IoT-inspired toothbrush game controller. So I guess kids use a smartphone app to play video games with brushing motions, and the app encourages them also to brush their teeth regularly. I mean, I guess it's it's got a, a component, a part of the device that also attaches to any normal toothbrush, so it tracks that activity as well. The product itself is created in partnership with the Eastman Dental Hospital in London. Uh, looks like Playbush actually has two games available, so I'm just wondering like, what does a toothbrush-style game look like. I have to go and check that out. They've just raised another 500000 to develop more games and to expand on distribution. Now, Neil, I'm wondering, you have kids. Is this something that you think children can benefit from?
0: Definitely. I mean, first of all, brushing teeth in a child can be a nightmare, um, especially with my youngest. It's like a battle every night. So, yeah, I, I think anything that encourages kids to... to to at least uh, open their mouths while we attempt to brush their teeth. So is definitely a positive thing. And I think it's an interesting trend, right? Like more and more we're seeing kind of apps and stuff like that to help us live healthier lives. And kind of it, it, it plays very nicely into that kind of recent trend of health and wellness and a kind of apps falling in that space. So, you know, it's kind of aimed at children and it's a game. I definitely think it lends itself well to that. But actually, I think it's great. I, I remember seeing it when they were on Kickstarter and uh, yeah, I, I may well be interested in in purchasing some uh, at some point. I'm definitely going to check it out more. But yeah, no, I, I really like the idea and I think it will do pretty well, actually.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, you'll have to keep us updated if you <laughs> yeah. actually test that device. And if our listeners have any other crazy projects that they're working on, really innovative, feel free to reach out and let us know that we can feature it on the podcast. Next up, we have our editor, Robin, in an interview with car sharing service, Drivey.
2: So this is uh, Robin Walters from TechU. I'm here with Heiko from DRIVEY. He's the country manager for Germany for DRIVEY. But what is DRIVEY?
3: Hey Robin, DRIVEY is Europe's largest marketplace for peer-to-peer car rental.
2: Meaning you're up against companies like WallaCar, or am I interpreting this incorrectly? No, we're, we're literally in the rental car business with the exception that you
3: don't go to an established player at the airport or something, but you have the opportunity to rent your neighbor's
2: car. Not. And we enable that. So while the companies like Avis and Hertz in Europe are basically, you know, competing very, very roughly between themselves, but only like in certain public locations, you open up the market by, you know, being peer-to-peer, which means you're, you're much more closer to the cars as a consumer.
3: Absolutely. So So density of the fleet and the proximity. So it could be literally the neighbor you're renting from. You don't know him yet. But you're both registered on our platform and you don't have to go half an hour or an hour to an outlet, line up for for ages to get a car. But it's really shake hands with a person. What about price? Is that competitive? Price is usually very competitive. We're up to 50% cheaper, usually. You're the country manager for Germany. Which cities are you active in now? I can say that we are active countrywide in Germany. Obviously, everywhere where we can offer a car, that's where we are. And we're pretty much covering entire Germany. Right. It's originally a French company. So I assume you're in France as well. Any other markets? Besides France and Germany, we're currently in Spain. And we'll see driving a couple of other countries before the year end.
2: The company has raised about $20 million or euros so far. Mm -hmm. Um, So what is the funding for? What's the long-term vision? What are you investing in? The long-term vision is really make
3: car rental super easy and frictionless. Imagine, I don't know how many years down, hopefully not too many. It's just one click and you'll have the car. It might be even a self-driving car on demand. There'll be no friction, no triple sessions, no nothing.
2: That's a long-term vision. So most of the money really goes into the product. But you've already kind of taken a step towards that vision uh, with Drive-You Open. Mm -hmm. Can you basically briefly explain what that is? Uh, Drive-You Open means that we install technology in a car
3: So that a user, a renter can open the car by the phone if he has made a booking and the owner can accept this booking even remotely. So there's no longer necessarily an interaction between the two, but it's remote bookings. And that actually means that we bring together the market potential of the rental market and the ease of usage, especially check-in,
2: check-out of the car sharing market. And we believe that's a huge potential. So basically Airbnb for rental cars. Really cool. What do you have, What's required to launch in a new country or a new market?
3: Well, besides understanding the regulatory demands, we need to get an insurance deal. But luckily, we work together with um, Allianz, one of the largest companies in the world for that. So they support us a lot in doing that. And then thereafter, the first step for us is really supply. So find cars. How do you typically find cars? It sounds stupid, but all we have to do so far is really online advertising
2: for that. So basically, what you do is you convince drivers to rent out their cars and you lure them with, you know, it's going to be extra income for you. Um, anything else you can bring to the table? Uh, well, extra income, the money is
3: obviously a good driver. But other than that, obviously, um, it's also about the sharing spirit,
2: um, the multiple use of a resource, things like that. Right. So I take it that Driver takes a cut of all these transactions uh, that happen on the platform, of the marketplace. Um, anything else you're going to make money with in the future? Uh, nothing that I'm aware of at this point. Right. Okay, so what do you think the next markets are going to be?
3: We might be able to make you very happy with, uh-huh. your, with your home market. I'm from Belgium, by the way.
2: <laughs> for um,
3: that's very likely. We're looking at about five countries in total, and one of them will be German-speaking as well. Right. Any plans outside of Europe?
2: Not for this year, but certainly at some point. Right. Interesting company. Well, thank you very much, Heiko, for your time, and best of luck. Thank you, Robin.
0: Yes, great to hear from Robin again, and also Drivey, a very interesting uh, company, actually.
1: So finally, we're going to wrap it up with a look at the Baltics and the battle to become the leader in the region. So I found this really hilarious. The Telegraph published an article earlier this month essentially asking whether or not Estonia is well positioned to be the next European startup hub, I had to laugh because I had I kind of always considered them a leading startup hub, I guess when it comes to government, especially, but they've also had some key startups coming out of Estonia. I mean they regularly like to say that Skype is an Estonian company. We have to look into the definition of what is an Estonian company. and then transferwise as well, they say that it was initially founded there, moved the headquartered to London. So I mean, I've always considered Estonia kind of a leader, but what's really interesting actually in this piece is that it's not just really Estonia in the Baltics. Lithuania has some rising stars like Vinted and (laughs) Transfungo. None of them have gotten to unicorn status yet, obviously, but Lithuanian startups did raise over 100 million euros in the last 12 months. This number completely shocked me, but I guess it also includes Lithuanian companies with a head office in London. But the Telegraph article further argues that Estonia has the headline-grabbing e-visa scheme, but Latvia and Lithuania actually have more advanced companies. Neil, what's your take on this?
0: Yeah, that's quite a interesting statement at the end there, actually, because like you say, you do you do imagine Estonia to be a decent hub already because of transfer wise, because of the Skype connection. You know, they have at least at the very, very least, played a part in some of Europe's biggest tech companies. But perhaps Well, I I don't know, because I'm not too close to that scene, to be completely honest. But, I mean, a statement like that saying Latvia and Lithuania have more advanced startups than Estonia, maybe things have slowed down. I mean, I have to admit, I don't know too many Estonian startups right now. So maybe there has been a bit of a lull recently. I do know that Latvia and Lithuania have been kind of attracting more uh, investment and more interest. And, you know, actually, when I think about it, although I was kind of initially shocked by that statement, I probably do know kind of stronger companies that kind of say Series A level in those countries than I do Estonia, actually. So, yeah, I was a bit shocked, but I can I can kind of see that, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, the one thing Estonia is doing really, really well is the government, is the e-visa. They are very, very good at getting kind of positive attention and positive, you know, media and, and people think of Estonia as this digital hub i mean even if they do have a lack of companies right now they're clearly very good at still communicating that they are a very good hub so yeah i i definitely think that estonia is one of europe's biggest hubs perhaps uh, there's been a lull uh, in in the kind of quality of the companies coming through but hopefully we'll see that again
1: yeah i would have to agree with you i would i would have to say that you know they, they definitely in terms of the initiatives that they put forward, I think they're completely an innovative country. And I think they've, they've recognized that and they've built on it. That said, I would almost take the flip, the counter argument to say maybe Estonia hasn't slowed down, but maybe Latvia and Lithuania actually are really on the rise in that region and really going to give Estonia a run for its money. So I think we'll have to pay attention to what comes next, but definitely not just pay attention to Estonia when we talk about the Baltics.
0: Yeah, I like the positive flip there, and that, that would definitely be that would be the ideal, right? Like, is the all three of of those and just the Baltic region in general, was just getting stronger and stronger. So, yeah, I like your I like your take on that but that's it for this week we'll be back next week of course you can follow and subscribe to the podcast on acast soundcloud and itunes so please do that if you haven't done so already let us know your thoughts on this podcast we always listen to your feedback and like roxanne said tell us your crazy projects as well you can reach us on twitter at neil sw murray at roxanne Barza, or at tech underscore eu and the website is, of course, tech.eu. But that's it for this week. Thanks, Roxanne.
1: Thanks, Dion. Yeah.